Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series on the book of Romans, with this message entitled, God is for us. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. We know that you are with us. Where your holy church is, your holy spirit is. Where your holy spirit is, our Lord Jesus Christ is. Where our Lord Jesus Christ is, there our holy and righteous Father is. What a blessed people we are to be in God's presence. Lord, we pray that you cause the mighty wind of your spirit to blow upon us powerfully. That he may implant your word of life into our soul, into our spirit, into our mind into our intellect, our emotions, and into our wills. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you may say, Pastor, don't worry. We are for you. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. But it is not all that confidence-building statement. Because man is a sinner, man changes. God alone is unchanging. So I want to make certain God is for me. And you make certain God is for you. So saints of God, you have a great reason for confidence in God. For your full and what final salvation. What is the reason God is for us? God who has done great things for us. In Romans 8, 31 through 39, Paul throws out five challenging questions, unanswerable questions. Challenging any creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Challenging any creature opposed to our salvation to answer or deny the truth of these questions. They are, as Dr. John Stott stated, unanswerable questions. These questions are... One, if God is for us, who can be against us? Two, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely give us all things? Three, who will bring any charge against those Whom God has chosen, it is God who justifies. 
Number four, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Five, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What is the answer? Nothing and no one in God's universe is able to separate us from the love of God. Friends, we are in Christ super conquerors. Nothing can destroy us or defeat us in this life or in the life to come. Let us praise God, our Savior. So let us look at Romans 8 and verse 31. What shall we say to these things? That is, what shall we say to what God has done for us? As stated so far in this epistle, and particularly in the previous three verses. Romans 8, 28, 29, and 30. As sinners, we were under God's wrath. We were not lovers of God and keepers of his laws. We were sinners, ungodly, helpless, dead in trespasses and sins. Yea, we were enemies of God. Yet God from all eternity loved us and chose us. He predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among the many brethren in God's family. In time, he effectually called us by the gospel and regenerated us, granting us true repentance and saving faith to trust in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone for our eternal salvation. God justified us, declaring us just because of Christ's atoning death in behalf of us. And God is sanctifying us and he will glorify us. We are forgiven of all sins. We are clothed in divine righteousness. We are united with Christ. We live his resurrection life every day. We are adopted children of God. So we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have been freed from the dominion of sin and law, and death. We are outside of their reach and authority. Friends, we are in Christ. We are in God. What shall we say to these things? What God has done already. What must be our logical conclusion, in other words? Friends, saints, Christians, be logical. Be doctrinal. Know what God has done for us. Be impressed with the divine monergism. 
Doctrine is detested today in favor of entertainment and the priority of emoting. But know that doctrine is fundamental for us to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Doctrine is fundamental to resist the devil. I have seen people who fall away and wobble, unstable, because they refuse to know doctrines, to know the scriptures. How can we resist the devil unless we know what the scripture declares as to what God has done for us? So we read, they overcame the devil. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus himself overcame the devil by the scripture. So know scripture and live a confident, assured, and happy, and steady life in this world. In the midst of all troubles, and tribulations, and pain, and persecution. Number two, if God be for us, if does not introduce any doubt, it means since because of this reality of divine monarchism in our salvation. The meaning is since God is for us. So we want to ask the question, what God is he talking about? Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number four asks, what is God? And the answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. If God is for us, not the many gods of the world, of the Hindus and Muslims and the cults and the apostate liberal Christianity, Paul is speaking of the true and living God who revealed himself in creation, in human conscience, in the Holy Scriptures, and especially in the person of Jesus Christ. We are speaking about the one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 8, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world. And that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came. And for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. 
Friends, there is none greater than this God of the Holy Scriptures. There is none equal to him. The God who created all things, sustains all things. The God who is the redeemer of his elect people. God then is eternal. He has no beginning and has no end. He is about time and space and matter. He declares and ordains the end from the beginning. That is why we can have prophecy in the Bible. God is unchangeable in his being, perfections, purposes, and promises. What he promises, he fulfills. Man lies and breaks covenant. God does not change. God does not lie. God does not become. Malachi 3, 6, I the Lord do not change. So your descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, remember the former things. Those of long ago, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. God is omnipresent. God is present everywhere in his fullness. And God is present everywhere to punish, to sustain, and to bless. Jeremiah 23, 23, and 24. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. He is independent. He is from himself. He has no need. He is not served by human hands. So St. Paul speaks to the Athenians, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. He is not served by human hands or as if he needed anything because he himself gives men life and breath and everything else. Creation does not contribute to his glory. It manifests it and declares it. Number five, the spirituality of God. He is not made of any matter. He is uncreated spirit. So not perceived by our senses. Number six, God is invisible. God in his essence cannot be seen by creatures. Though he manifests to us invisible forms such as theophany. Yes, we will see God. But not exhaustively, we will see only God, only to the degree a sinless creature can see him. God is omniscient. God knows all things always in one simple eternal act. 
He knows himself and all things. Adam, Achan, Ananias, and Judas, maybe some of you thought they could hide matters from God. We all stand stripped and naked before him. God never learns anything. He can never increase his knowledge. He knows our every thought. Number eight, the wisdom of God. By wisdom, he always chooses the best goals and the best means to achieve those goals. Therefore, the cross reveals the wisdom of God. It was the best means to redeem us for his glory. Our God is the only wise God. Oh, the depth of the riches of God. The depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. In God's wisdom, he gave Paul his thorn in the flesh. Number nine, the truthfulness of God. God cannot lie. God is reliable. God is true. So his revelation, the Holy Bible is true because God is truth. So friends, God's children must speak truth and do truth. For all liars will be cast in the lake of fire. Number ten, God is love. So God gives himself. God gave his son to the death of the cross because he loved us. So God from eternity for loved us and chose us to glory. The holiness of God. God is separated from sin and seeks his own glory. So we live a holy life separating our souls from sin and always seeking God's glory. Without holiness, no one can see God. So, friends, antinomianism and libertinism, if anyone practices these, they are children of the devil. For the devil is the lawless one. God is righteous. God always acts in accordance with what is right. And he is the ultimate standard of right. Therefore, he intensely hates all sin. The wrath of God is being revealed against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men. Hell is prepared for all sinners who would not repent and believe in Jesus Christ. His wrath is being revealed against them even now. This God, friends, is for us who pair among. The word for, Greek word for, who pair, is very important. He is for us. He is not against us. The wrath of God is revealed against all sinners, but thank God... The wrath that was due us was outpoured against his own son. 
on the cross god poured out his wrath upon his own son he was against jesus christ that god can be for us for us means in our place and for our eternal benefit romans 5 6 christ died for who pale for the ungodly that is he died in our place for our benefit so we do not die under god's wrath there is no wrath against us none only love for us romans 5:8 but god demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died who paid for us in our place friends we deserve to die for the wages of sin is death but christ died vicariously he died a substitutionary death in our place and for our eternal salvation so we live by his resurrection life Christ died for us because God the Father is for us. God made him who had no sin to be sin who bare for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, but God is not for us. God is not for us as a subservient ally. Some people think God is for us as a waiter that you could snap your finger and he will come to help you. God is for us not as a subservient ally to do all our plans. He is not a waiter. He is the sovereign, we are the servants. This sovereign is for us now and forever. In one sense God was for us from eternity. So he foreloved us and predestinated us. But friends, God is not for everybody. He is for the elect only. He is for those who love God. As I said already, he is against all others. that god is for us spells hope and full assurance that god is against his enemies spells eternal doom the question is is this god who per human for you do you love god Do you love his son Jesus Christ? Do you trust in him and serve him only? Saints avoid the danger of presuming that God is for me. No matter how I live. This is the danger of modern evangelicals and charismatics. Eli's sons and Israel presumed that God was for them. They fought against the Philistines. What a surprise. They were defeated. 4,000 Israelites were killed. Then with great shout, 
They brought the ark into the battlefield and now God would defeat the Philistines totally. They pursued. First Samuel 4. So the people sent men to Shiloh and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty who is enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons Hophni and Phinehas were there with the ark of the covenant of God when the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp. All Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Friends, that was presumption. For Samuel 4, 10 and 11, so the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. The man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines and the army has suffered heavy loss. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead and the ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken and he died for he was an old man and heavy. And he had led Israel 40 years. presumption, but 30,000 more died. Hophni and Phinehas, the priest died. The ark is taken. Eli dead. God broke his neck. Wife of Phinehas died. Her son was given the terrible name, Ichabod. Glory gone. Apostate evangelicals and apostate charismatics presume God that God is for them. No, God is not for the apostate Israel or apostate Christians. God is for the elect only who love God and live for his glory. God is for them. God the Father is for us. Jesus Christ is for us. Holy Spirit is for us. Holy angels are for us. Holy Church is for us who love God. God was for young David. There was another battle between Israel and the Philistines. The enemies of God were winning under the leadership of the champion Goliath. Nine feet tall and fully armed. Now comes young David. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of wisdom and great faith. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines, said David. He trusts in the Lord. David said to the Philistines, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, cut off your head today. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. 
David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And the Philistines saw that their hero was dead. They turned and ran. Here, friends, God was for David and Israel. God was against the Philistines. If God is for us, friends, our final victory is certain and sure. God was also for Jesus. Though he gave him up to be crucified for our salvation, he was for him in his conception, birth, and life. He forsook him on the cross briefly. He died and was buried. Yet God raised him from the dead. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And he highly exalted him when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is also true when all forsook St. Paul, God was for him. St. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.15, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. He says, Demas, having loved the present world, has abandoned me and has gone to Thessalonica. He says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. Hallelujah. God is for us. God is with us. God is in us. We are in God. And God is for us. Who can be against us? That is the third point, who can be against us. Friends, we have many enemies. But they are all finite. They are all creatures. But no power can prevail against the infinite God who has purpose to save us. Who can resist him? What about the devil and demons? God in Christ has defeated the devil on the cross and liberated us from his clutches. The stronger one, Jesus Christ, defeated the strong one, the devil, and has set us free. What about the world? Jesus said, rejoice. I have overcome the world. The world of pharaohs and Caesars and dictators and presidents cannot harm us. Jesus Christ has defeated them all. What about the apostate church? 
Again, the answer is, no, they cannot harm us. Why is that? Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus Christ, by his death, defeated all our enemies and his enemies. What about the flesh that still dwells in us? Yes, it is against us. But as I preached already, that is not the only thing in us. God's Holy Spirit is in us. He is the spirit of holiness. He gives us victory over sin. Sin cannot have dominion over us. We are not under sin. We are not under law. We are not under death. We are not under the devil. We are not under the world. And we are not under the apostate church. Is there a power above God's power? Is there a power equal to God's power? No. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me read some scriptures. Jesus Christ is still waging war against all our defeated enemies. That's his business. Jesus Christ is waging war. Psalm 110 verse 1, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 27, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's his business. The Father commissioned him to defeat all his enemies. Angels and humans. And he will destroy you unless you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you can say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who do you think this Jesus is? Listen to Revelation 15 through 6, 15 through 17. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man. Hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, they called to the mountains and the rock, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Jesus, sweet Jesus, what a wonder you are. Did you know that he is also the judge of the whole world? Did you know he has wrath? against all evildoers. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Revelation 19, verse 11 and through 21, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name. He is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp 
sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has this name written, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals, the mighty men of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slaves, small and great. Did you know that? Sweet Jesus. Revelation 20 verse 10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 20 verse 15, If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Friends, Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Christ's church in Christ triumphs over the gates of hell. All Jericho walls shall fall and Jericho will be destroyed. So onward, Christian soldiers. For Ephesians 6 verse 10 through 18 finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power put on the full armor of God and so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle we have struggle sir our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of the dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Be strong in the Lord. If God is for us, who can be against us? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor. Take your stand against the devil's scheme. Fight the good fight against all defeated enemies. Spiritual forces of evil. Pray in the spirit. Stand firm. Fight and stand in victory. Uh, we are more than conquerors. In and through Jesus Christ. God is for us. Who can be against us? So James says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Christ died for my sins and is raised for my justification. So Peter says, be self-controlled and alert your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Believe, friends, God is for us. And God is for us forever. 
is for our eternal salvation. God is all we need. You don't need anything more. He is my portion. Listen what God said to Abraham. He was worried. He was anxious. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. God is my reward. Hallelujah. God is my, and he is my shield. Not the small shield, but the large shield that covers me completely. Exodus 14 13 through 14, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to stand still. Then the angel of the Lord who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Friends, God is with me. And he's the one who is dealing with our enemies. We are shielded by God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Joshua 5, 13 through 15, when now Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And he asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. We have a commander. And so David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. The Lord is for us. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is no one. 118 Psalm 6 and 7, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. The servant of Elisha was troubled. Remember the story, 2 Kings 6. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. We are well surrounded by horses and chariots of fire. <laughs> Isaiah 40 verse 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arms rules for him. See his reward is with him. 
Isaiah 40, 12 through 14, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens, who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed mountains on the scales, and the hills in a balance, who has understood the mind of the Lord, or instructed him as counselor, whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way, who was it that taught him knowledge, or showed him the path of understanding. The Lord is with us. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Hallelujah. God is for us, sir. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon forged against you will prevail. Zechariah 2, 5, I myself will be a wall of fire around him. God is for us. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and I'll be with you. Always, even to the end of the ages, God is with us. John says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And he says in First John, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater, infinite, almighty, omnipresent, hallelujah, all holy, all wise, eternal, sovereign God is for us. And let me finally say this. Even your sinning cannot keep you from God's purpose of saving you. Think about it. You know what God is going to do? Hand this man over to Satan so that the flesh may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. This is called mercy killing. He will kill you so that you will go to heaven. If God is for us, who can be against us? The world, the flesh, the devil, death, the law, sin. They are formidable adversaries, but they are not almighty. They are finite. God is for us. God is our Father, Christ is our Redeemer, Holy Spirit is our divine empowering advocate. In all things God works for our good. And God never fails. So we always win. Look, friends, a cloud of witnesses surround us, testifying to God's ability to save us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Friends, for us there is no condemnation and there is no separation from God's everlasting love. 
So now let me ask you a question. Is this God for you? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ, God's sacrifice for our sins? If you have done, rejoice, God is for you. If you have not, God is against you. God commands you to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. Do this today and right now. That you may know for certain that God is for you. Remember, friends, we live forever either God being against us or God being for us. I thank God that God is for me and for my family. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to be confident to be bold, to be fearless, to live Christian life in this world because we know God, the true and living God, is for us. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this sermon entitled, God is for Us. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.